Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. So, Mike, who's Michelle? I never heard of Michelle before. Is this a woman that guides you in your life? Yes, as a matter of fact, she is. Michelle is the name of the voice on the GPS unit that my wife bought me. Oh. <laughs> I, since I traveled. You got us all fooled here. I'm yeah. worried for a moment. Well, you know, we both travel a lot, and I, I travel quite often to speak in places that are fairly remote. If you go to a camp meeting, very often it's out in the woods someplace, and I have that male gene which will not allow me to stop and ask for directions. Yeah, I heard about that. I am still struggling. How is it that the Magi actually stopped in Jerusalem yeah. to ask for direction? <laughs> I don't know. They, they must have been in touch with their feminine side or something. I, but I've never been able to do that, at least not very well. All well right? Why is that, uh, Mike? Is it because it, it's, it's an admission that I don't have, that I'm uh, not Daniel Boone, I, I guess. See, I <laughs> see. That you don't have all the answers. Th- there's a story about Daniel Boone. They asked him if he had ever been lost with all of his wilderness wanderings. He said, there was a period of time when I was mightily confused for about three days, <laughs> but I've never been lost. <laughs> So that's me, you know, mightily confused for maybe three days. And Gail was worried that maybe I would be mightily confused that I'd never make it home. So she bought a GPS unit for me and I plug in where I want to go. And Michelle says, turn left in one quarter of a mile. Uh, And then if I have an argument with her. Which I'm sure you do because you argue with me all the time, which means that you have a thing for arguing about directions. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. (laughs) So is this is this something you'd like to talk about right now? No, Do you no, have no. an issue continue, here? Continue, continue with your GPS. Okay. So I will argue with her, and then she says, recalculating route. <laughs> yes, so I'm sure that says, your GPS uh, is that's the word. That she, she's much more gracious than you. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> much more polite. Okay, recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so today we are actually talking about how our detours are never big enough that God will give up on us. He still recalculates the route, doesn't he? Absolutely, and you. We have done already three unquestionables that you can be assured of, five core assurances we're doing this whole week. And we did God delights in me, God has a plan for me, God's And God's time. timing is perfect. Yes. And now we're going to do the fourth one, which is God never gives up on me. Isn't that wonderful? Because I tell you, there have been times when I feel like I've given him ample opportunity, should he so desire, to give up on Mike Tucker, but he never does. Yes, never does. And, and you know, <laughs> uh, that's more than I can say. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, wow. haven't, I haven't given up on you we, either. We have been in the studio a long time today, <laughs> yes. and I think that I think that it is wearing on you. Yes. You, you are glad that you, you will leave me after a couple of more programs and go home to your wonderful husband. Yeah, so we are talking about Jonah, who is probably the greatest detour known in the Old Testament, which is actually, in this case, a voluntary detour. Mm-hmm. Now, you remember the story of, of Jonah. We want to give you a little bit of a context. Um, we might not be able to read all the all the texts that we have, but to show you what is going on at the time of Jonah. Jonah lives around 800 to 750 BC. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually get a pretty good date from uh, knowing which king he's under in the kingdom of Israel. Yes. Uh, do you have any texts? Yeah, we, we find that in 2 Kings um, chapter 14, verse 25. He restored the border of Israel from the entrance of Hamath as far as the Sea of Arabah, according to the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, which he spoke through his servant Jonah, the son of Amati, uh, the prophet, 
who was of Gath Helper. Yeah, so here it actually it mentions Jonah under Jeroboam the uh, yes. second, which we know pretty much at what time he was king. And Jeroboam now, is mentioned back up in, in uh, verse 23 and 24. Yes, and why is it so important that we know the time? Well, because God tells Jonah that he has to go to the city of Nineveh and preach to them that, they, that if they repent, God will actually uh, not destroy them. And mm-hmm. Jonah is very upset with God, says, absolutely not. I'm not going to go preach that. And why would he say well, such a thing? Well, Nineveh is in Assyria. These were the arch enemies of, of Israel. They hated the Assyrians, absolutely. And the Assyrians were a constant a thorn in the flesh of, of the Israelites. They they would invade them. They carried them off into captivity. They hated the Assyrians. And Jonah said, I don't want to preach to these people. Grace. They, they deserve to be <laughs> Exterminated, So yeah. just wipe them out now, Lord. Please don't send me to preach to these people I hate. Yeah, just to put some uh, time in perspective, uh, we just told you that he lived around 750 to 800 BC. And on 722 BC, Assyria is actually going to take the northern kingdom captive. That's so right. this is about 50 years before the final blow of Assyria. So no wonder Jonah wants them dead. <laughs> Absolutely. And actually, they've been bothering Israel for about 100 to 150 years. Oh, yeah. They would come and raid their their farms and, and take all the, you know, put them on fire. I mean, all kinds of things they used and, to and do. And these were not rich people. They're, you know, they're living off the land. That means it's sometimes just a subsistence level. And you finally, you've got a harvest ready to go so that you can live this next year and the Assyrians come and take it from you. Yes. And, and Nineveh, of all the cities of the Assyrians, it, mm. it becomes eventually in 700 BC, the capital uh, is already a large city in the time of Jonah. It has 120,000 inhabitants. By the time it becomes the capital, it has 300,000. Yes, so, so it's much this is larger. a big city in those days. Yes, it's a big city. absolutely. So, here uh, we find one of the greatest detours that we have in the Old Testament when Jonah goes and takes a, uh, a ship to the opposite part of the map. I mean, if you... He if goes you, in the a- absolute opposite direction to get as far away as he possibly can to the last point on the globe as far as they were concerned. Yeah, actually, it's true, Mike, what you're saying, because there was a map at that time, and Tarshish mm-hmm. was the farthest point in the map, the opposite way from Nineveh. From Nineveh, yeah, that's right. So, that's he said, no, not only am I not going where you want me to go, I'm going to get as far away from these people as possible because, you know, just my luck, I'll preach to them and you'll forgive them. Yeah, so <laughs> let's, let's start with Jonah chapter 1, verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it. And then verse 3, but Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish. I mean, mm-hmm. here's we recalculate, recalculate, right? Yeah. Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he took a ship there, paid the fare. But of course, a great wind starts. You know the story. And uh, actually... It's interesting that, that God will not let Jonah go. Yeah, yeah, God it, doesn't give up on you, us. You are mine. I'm going to recalculate, and I'm going to do whatever it takes in order to get you back to do what <laughs> what I want you to do for me. So he's, he has this great storm, and uh, Jonah finally realizes that this is because of him, and so he tells the 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 people who are captaining the ship, "Throw me overboard." They yes. don't want to do it. Yes, they They've don't want to do it. They got more sympathy for him than he does for the people of Nineveh. And then he explains to them on verse nine. He said to them, "I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea." and the dry land and then they become frightened. Yeah. So, it's our luck that your God is the God of the universe. Yeah, thanks a lot for, <laughs> for bringing that here. <laughs> so, they eventually said, okay, fine, we'll throw you overboard. They they, they fear Yahweh on verse 16. They do sacrifices because they don't want to make this God uh, upset yeah. because they don't understand this is something between Jonah and God. And God. And God is recalculating and, of course, nobody expects uh, a big fish to come and take him in. But that's uh, exactly what happens. They throw him overboard and here 
here comes the well and swallows Jonah, and it is inside the well that Jonah has a a, a come to Jesus moment, shall we say? Yes, absolutely. Actually, the the verse right before chapter two says that he's going to spend there three days and three nights, and during mm-hmm. this time, the Jesus moment that you're talking about is a prayer where Jonah realizes uh, that God is who he says he is. He makes a confession of his sins before God at verse nine of chapter two. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. And in the moment that he says, okay, I understand salvation comes from the Lord, then uh, the fish, uh, you know, has a stomach ache. <laughs> and, and throws him up on the on the shore. And then uh, Jonah says, okay, that was a detour, but now I'll take a right and I'll yeah. take a left and I'll go to Nineveh. M- Michelle has recalculated <laughs> his route for him, just as she does for me, and now he's going to go back to Nineveh. Uh, and chapter four, um, actually, Jonah is angry again. I mean, Jonah is having a little problem with God's will because actually the people of Nineveh d- do repent. And yeah, then he's God- one of the few prophets who has success and he can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the prophets, like they that. preach and no one listens. Yes. You know, that you'd almost think that they're failures, but Jonah preaches, the whole city repents and turns to the Lord, and now he can't handle it. He's mad. Yeah, he's mad. And actually, he makes a great confession while he's uh, mad on chapter four, verse two. It says he, he was very angry, says verse one. And in verse two, he says, He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country that this is what you were going to do? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish, for I know, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow, slow to, to anger, anger and abundant, abundant in loving kindness. <laughs> I love it. I, I know that you have a, a you know, that you're so gracious. You, I, you're I know, driving me crazy, Lord. I, I knew you would do this. I knew you were that kind of God you'd forgive them instead of wiping them off the face of the planet as I wanted them to be. And and so now here I've come and I've preached and you've forgiven them. Now what am I going to do? Yeah. (laughs) See, uh, uh, Jonah realized that God is just too gracious. He doesn't give up on us. He didn't give up on Jonah and he didn't give up on Nineveh. I remember the day our producer said, you know, instead of uh, GPS, uh, global positioning system, let's call it now grace positioning system, that no matter what detour you take, actually God will recalculate and still take you to where he wanted to take you in the first place. He does that over and over again for all of us. All the stories of the Bible of God recalculating. He says, I've got a plan for you. They do something stupid. He says, all right, I'm recalculating. Now I've got a plan for for you, or it's still going to get you to the same place. I've recalculated the route, and we keep arguing with the GPS unit. But God is the one who is so gracious to you, no matter how many times you mess up. He says, I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. I'm going to pursue you with my loving kindness. You know, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 39 and 40, Jesus will use these three days of Jonah in the, in the belly of the whale to say, look, this ended up being a symbol of my death, because just as Jonah uh, spent three days and three nights in the belly of the monster, uh, the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And, I, you know, I think uh, Jonah never imagined that his detour could be used for good later on in the New Testament. That's right. That detour is a lesson to us of what Jesus went through in order to affect our salvation. He recalculates your route, and he will get you to the place he wants you to be. Trust the unit. Trust your GP. In God. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.